Wrestling fans, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And gentlemen, if you have hair, this tool is for you. If you're like my friend Tom, who's hairless, he's like a seal, you don't need this product. But if you're like most of us and want to keep the family jewels up to snuff this summer, check out Manscaped. We've partnered with Manscaped and are now offering a 20% discount to podcast listeners. Use the promo code WCML at checkout at manscaped.com. I went to a career in construction. I didn't know anything about it. I just went full force right into it, you know, just challenging myself. And you know it was going to be hard. You know it's going to be hard, but you, you don't, that doesn't push you away from it. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Yes, indeed, folks. Wrestling Changed My Life podcast is here. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Our guest today is Mark Gray, three-time national qualifier for Cornell, Go Big Red, he was a high school legend at Blair Academy, winning multiple national titles. And now he's stepped back into the competitive fire as an MMA fighter. We talk about that. We talk about his legendary Fargo battles with the great Ben Whitford. So many fun stories in this one, folks. I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to my man, Trey Scholl. That's at Trey Scholl on the gram. A proud father and husband, Michigan man, a BJJ practitioner, Trey, thank you so much for the love and support on the podcast, man. We appreciate it. As always, this podcast is supported and sponsored by the great Spartan Combat. SpartanCombat.com. Check out the recent merch for the great Kyle Dake as he heads into Tokyo. I've now said great 10 times during this intro. Let's get to the show with Mark Gray. Mark Gray, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Absolutely. I have a lot of memories of you as a kid wrestling. I was coaching some kids who are in your age group and we'll okay. talk about some of those old, old <laughs> matches, but dude, you just had a fight this weekend, right? Uh, yes. Saturday. How did Saturday. this resurgence into competitive sports happen? Um, crazy. So I was a project manager for three years and then COVID happened in September kind of I got laid off from my GC so then I kind of was always like wanted to see if 
you know, maybe fighting was something I could maybe get into. I <clears throat> wasn't like I want to jump into wrestling, but, you know, I always thought maybe I could dabble in the fighting. And then um, where I train at Nicotones and Brick is literally 15 minutes away from my parents' shore house in Lavalette. So I um, got in touch with Frankie Yeager and, and he got me in touch with Nick and I uh, went for a wrestling practice was, you know, obviously did great then. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to try a class. And then just kept trying classes and then, you know, got into sparring in like a month and just kind of fell in love with it. <laughs> Dude. How long yeah. had it been since you put on the singlet since before that? Uh, March of nationals, my senior year. So 2017. 18, 19, 20. Okay. So three yeah. solid years. So yeah. were you in shape during this time? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was always doing privates with like college and high school kids. So, uh, and running um Rhino. So I was always getting workouts in, but not like, you know, competing shape that took about, you know, about like a month to kind of, you know, get rid of some fat and kind of get back into it. <laughs> That's so crazy that it all just happened through COVID though. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was, kind of came out of nowhere, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. I love it, man. So how, how many fights have you had today? Uh, three so far. I had three. I had, um, my first one was in March and then my second one was in May. And then I had a quick turnaround for this last one, uh, July 3rd. Now you're known as a notorious weight cutter. Are you still shedding the pounds in the fight game? Or are you going up a little uh, bit? So right now I'm fighting at 45. Um, I don't know. I'm on a fence whether I might go down or not. So I'm going to, you know, talk to the team and see what they think is best. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I don't miss cutting that crazy amount, but you know, if we'll see if I can drop my weight a little bit, you know, it might be easier. I don't know. People cut a lot of weight in fighting though. So there's some big boys at 45. Is that safe to say though, that you, you always cut a good amount, even back in your Blair days? Um, yeah, I mean, when I came in at 103, it was like, I, I started the season around like 110, but then hit a little growth spurt and it got up to like, you know, 15. So I wasn't the biggest, um, 103 pounder, but then like in college, my senior year, that was probably the worst, you know, making 33, but that's something I, you know, I decided to do, you know, I could have went. 41 or 49 I decided to go 33 you know I always you know I just lost weight my whole life and and was able to you know wrestle and I didn't complain about it and just I just did it you know so sometimes it hurt me you know sometimes it didn't but you know that was always my call it wasn't like I was being forced you know right right well and with fighting you know it's such a difference in terms of the time to time to competition oh my god it's awesome it's just like, you know, how freestyle used to be, you know, you, you go to university nationals, you, you weigh in, you know, at six at night and then you're wrestling the next day, you know, <clears throat> similar where I, I weighing in at like two and then I'm fighting at like seven at night the next day. So you get a lot of time to recoup, you know, let you refuel your body, get yourself ready. And it's like, I mean, I can imagine just that feeling of getting you know, a second, not that yet a second life, so to speak, because, you know, once you're done, a lot of people think, you know, most athletes are done. So coming back, yeah, it's like, man, you, (laughs) it's just so awesome to see, man, that you're going for it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's really, really, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. 
I took a little time and I think that three years where I was just coaching, helping kids, you know, kind of just gave me, gave my body a little break, you know, and just let me just refocus mentally. Man, I was a little tired after college. So <laughs> I needed some time. <laughs> I hear you, man. I mean, you were, you were on the scene from an early age. Yeah. Um, one of the first big tournaments I remember for you was Fargo when you were at 98 and you mm. double champed. What, how old yeah. were you when that happened? Uh, I was 15. I was in eighth grade. What memories do you have of that, that first, was that your first trip to Fargo? Yeah, it was my first trip. Um, you know, it was tough wrestling freestyle, um, because like I wrestled like one of my best friends in the finals, Joey Arecchio, you know, we trained together like all throughout Pascac and <clears throat> freestyle and Greco at Eclipse. So, I mean, but obviously in wrestling, you know, that that'll happen sometimes, you know, your friends off the mat, but sometimes when you go on the mat, you know, it's not personal, it's just competing so i mean it was good you know you always hear about fargo you know mike went you know, i watched mike win and stuff like that so you know to get out there when i was an eighth grader you know that was kind of the first real big test and you know it was great bro great to go the the when was the whitford match because that's like you know that I'm, was I'm the a year after okay because yeah. i'm a chicago guy i didn't know who ben <clears throat> whitford was until he moved to chicago I think it was like early on in high school or maybe like a year after he came in and people were like, bro, you've never seen anything like Ben Whitford. And everyone yeah. was like, yeah, that was more of a Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. So tell that me about great. those matches. Oh, that was, those were great. You know, he, he just, he fought hard just like I did. You know, we were, had great technique and we, we just came and scrapped every time we knew it was going to be a battle regardless of who won. <laughs> we were going to, we were going to fight hard. Had no, he won it the previous year when you guys wrestled that next year? Um, so I wrestled him in the finals of Greco and freestyle. Greco, I won. I believe I, uh, I pinned him. <clears throat> I think he went like gut or something. I went elbow pull and stepped over. And then freestyle, we wrestled. <clears throat> and I won the match. And then time, and like they questioned, the, like, threw like a a brick in pretty much. And I was again interviewed. They bring me back on the mat and they put like five seconds on the clock. And like, he ran at me, I shot in and like, it, this is the second period when you had to win best out of three periods. I shot in, he spun behind and got the takedown. So then that pushed it to a third period. And then I ended up losing. I was like, ah, oh, man. Wait, oh. hold on a second. So you yeah. win. What happens in the first period? Uh, I think the first period, it was like, just like a two to one period, something like, you know, I, I maybe got like a push out at the end or something, but won that, won that period. And then <clears throat> we come out and like in the second period and then I think it like ends where I don't, I don't honestly remember. I just remember them throwing in and, uh, like nothing happened at that point. They, they raised our hand, raised my hand. I get off, I go into the back where the podium is to get interviewed and then they're talking and then they just say, Mark, Mark Gray, come back on the podium. Oh so I'm like, God. Corey Cooperman's coaching me and I'm just like, all right, like, I don't know. <laughs> so then they put time back on. I'm like all disheveled and it's like, all right. He just sprints at me. I'm just like, I guess I'll dive in. 
he spins behind. I'm like, oh, God, you got another period now. And I just, I don't know, mentally, I probably just couldn't get it back together. Bro, that's got to is, is that the craziest environment you've ever been in in a wrestling match? I mean, people must have been going crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. Jeez. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> and the third period was like 30 seconds later, right? It wasn't like you came back later and re-wrestled. No, no, it was right yeah. There. Literally. He went, so he, then he won the second, we went back to our corners, came back and that was it, man. He, like, I, I think he like won the third period by like two or three. And it was just like, ah. and you guys battled after that as well. Oh yeah. We wrestled like a bunch more, um, where we wrestled at like juniors, um, wrestled at juniors. He beat me actually in the first first match we got paired together what <clears throat> yeah so he beat me there and then i think i wrestled him at uh like field cadets to in akron and i beat him there we've kind of always just you know just going back and forth yeah now that's a uh... you know, good good competition that's kind of what you want in wrestling you know you always have that person that kind of you know you just push each other you know you're trying to be the best you know he's coming for you you know, you're working hard, you know, trying to beat each other. <laughs> that's kind of just makes each other better. Especially when you got two dudes who really think they're going to win. Like, that's pretty yeah, rare. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I'm getting chills talking about it. I'm going to have to <laughs> go back and uh, see if I can dig some up, man. That's I could not find the match where you guys, you won. They pulled you back on the match. So maybe it's in the, the great archives. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> bro, that's crazy. Yeah. So you... uh you had an incredible age group level career, uh, you know, 200 Tulsa national titles, but I got to think it all started with (laughs) your older brother uh, for folks who don't know head coach at Cornell. And he's doing a lot this summer that we'll talk about, but he was New Jersey's first four-time state champ. So, I mean, that has to be just like embedded in your mind when that all went down. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was, what was I like 11 or 12? I remember I, watching him win is we had our banner up and it was you know at that time it was crazy mike was like you know the greatest of all time high school wrestling in new jersey you know and it, something like that you know that's why i applied to del barton you know in sixth grade because i was going to try to you know go there i didn't get in so then i but i saw him do that and you know that kind of was like all right mike did that you know that was that was amazing. I kind of want to do my own thing. That's why I kind of, you know, went to Blair. You know, I <clears throat> built a relationship with Buxton. Was learning from him for a while. So, but just seeing Mike do that, you know, in the moment you don't realize it, but you know, now looking at people still talk about that. You know, Mike's like, yeah, that was like, you know, twelve years ago, but still, yeah, you know, it's it's amazing that he did that. Yeah. When Jersey's such a hotbed of a state, you know, to, to never have one. Is there only one class in New Jersey state? Yeah, yeah, one class. Yeah, one state. Um, it used to be they so they have districts where you got to take top three, and then it used to be you go into regions and you have to take top three. But this year they allowed um, top four in regions, and then you go to states. But yeah, one state. It's usually an AC at uh, Boardwalk Hall, so they actually do a really good job there. Oh, I bet, I bet that is just energy yeah. through the roof for like the Saturday night finals. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they do like a three days as well. 
kind of similar to NCAs. I think they could bang it out too, but yeah, they do three days. It's crazy. Now, when you were going to Blair, were a lot of your friends going up through that state system and, and winning state titles in like the Jersey States? Yeah. Um, like Todd Preston, he was always going <clears throat> Austin Ornsby, another guy. He was in our club. We kind of, you know, just went, it's kind of what you did. You know, you would go to States, you know, wrestle at States. As soon as States were over, then you knew it was freestyle. You just start getting right into freestyle. But yeah, <clears throat> we had a, a nice little feeder. I went to Blair, you know, with Todd Preston, Austin Ornsby. Um, I believe uh, John Guzzo as well. A couple of guys that um, wrestled in college. And yeah, they just kept following us. How did you end up going to Blair? I know you said you had a relationship with Buxton, but. Yeah, <clears throat> my whole thing was, it wasn't that I was wanted, they didn't want to follow Mike. I just, I was thinking about myself and how I could kind of, you know, how can I become my best version of myself wrestling wise? And I knew just Buxton, you know, I trusted, blind trust in him just completely. So I was just like, there's no other place I'd rather be. And then um, coach put, uh, brought in my oldest brother, John, you know, he was kind of like the heavyweight kind of coach slash like recruiter, bringing people in. So it was just a great atmosphere, you know, great kids. It was like <clears throat> literally like a family, like a college, honestly. I was a day student, but still, I didn't live there. But I still, you know, you feel that atmosphere. You guys are, you're busting your butt every day with your, you know, your teammates, your brothers. So it was, was awesome. Was Buxton still locking the doors to practice before he'd let you guys in the room? Oh, yeah. But then sometimes he would kick us out <laughs> <laughs> right in, right in warm-ups. <laughs> he would just, he could just, you know, it's crazy. He could sense, like, when there's energy down, he'd be like, all right, get out. You know, reboot it figure out a way and come back in. <laughs> We'd be like, like, I remember one week we were uh, getting ready to go um, wrestle Graham for a national title. I think I was a senior <laughs> and we're getting ready. And he, he, it was like a Wednesday or something. <clears throat> and he, we're all just like, I guess down or didn't have that energy. Didn't have that pop he expected, you know, three days out before you're wrestling for a national title team title. <laughs> so he kicks us all out and he's like, Mark, fix it. So, you know, I had to get him going. We come back in just freaking going crazy, <laughs> getting, ready, <laughs> getting ready to go for practice. He's like, yeah, that's better. I'm like, all right, coach. I mean, he's a psychological master, isn't he? Oh, he is. He is. He gets <clears throat> the things he did to just get you to perform are just unbelievable. You know, get belief in yourself and just belief in, you know, your training and what you were doing, you know is going to work, you know, your preparation. Was he a more like a, a pep talk kind of guy, like before and after practice or how would he give you guys? Uh, he lessons? would, he would talk, he would talk to us, but he wasn't like a huge, like, you know, pep talk guy. He was just, you know, you're going to go in there and get the job done. You guys know what you need to do. That was really it. <laughs> he would talk to us after practice, you know, just about like <clears throat> how the practice was and stuff like that. And what we have coming up in a week, but that's really it. So did you guys get the job done in that duel? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we won. So <clears throat> we won that year. I believe uh, my sophomore year, we went to Graham and got um, we got work pretty hard. We lost by like 
25. So that wasn't great. Whoa. So then when they came back to us, we were like, we got to, we got to get this back. <laughs> I think uh, McKenna was a freshman. So he was our little guy. Dude, that's crazy. So that's, man, you talk about the Blair teams. Uh, you know, what I think about is the Mark Perry era with Mako and Esposito oh, yeah. and those guys. And, but you guys know. had studs like that too. I mean, that's, it's just how our, deep those teams were. Our, uh, what was it? Oh, eight. So my freshman year, I, we had our, our team was unblue, unreal. Hit me with it. It was me at three. Then we had Evan Silver, Sean Boyle, Garrett Fry, um, Ormsby, Tony Buxton, Ed Ruth, Max Ooh. Huntley. We had like eight national prep champs out of like, I think there was only like 12 weights or 13 weights that year. But it was that's crazy. It was, it was crazy. Was yeah. silver from Texas? No, <clears throat> there is a silver from Texas, but Evan was from uh, Maryland. Gotcha. Okay, I'm thinking yeah. of the one. There's from a Texas. Um, silver from Texas. Yeah. So you know, this is the you know the the high school version of, of your journey, and we've hit on a couple buckets. I gotta ask about it. Eighth grade year at Tulsa. I happened to be yeah. there that year. <laughs> I, I I joke because it's a middle school national, yeah. so it's all fun and games. I actually yeah. rewatched the match this morning. Did oh, you know yeah. that guy you were wrestling? Like, did you know this was going to be a burner? Or was this a total fluke? Uh, I mean, I I don't think I ever wrestled. What was it, Crazier? Right? I don't think I ever wrestled him before that, and didn't know much. And then he just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, it was a weird match, though, right? Yeah. Like, the, the, I think you, I was probably just like. Oh, what, I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> well, you were like winning pretty hand. I mean, it distorted, yeah. reflected, but it kind of lulled you to sleep. You're like, All right, this is this match is over. The next thing you know, it's it's a match. I'm like, how did we even get here? Yeah, I think I got like taken down at the end of the second or something. That like turned it around, and then yeah. I was like, oh no, just domino effect. <laughs> uh, so when you were a youth kid, how did you organize your schedule? I mean, because that. To go from Jersey to Oklahoma, I mean, you guys were obviously doing the national circuit. I mean, what were you like kind of peeking around? Well, I kind of, I mean, I always just did, you know, we had our schedule where we go hit practices Monday, Wednesday. Um, we always knew, like my father, we were going to go to roller events. We always knew we were going to hit like kickoff, Tulsa, Reno. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, we felt the best competition. So, he always says like you gotta to be the best, you gotta beat the best. So we we I knew going into the season, all right, we got our big three, then you got kind of you know your states, and then you're getting into freestyle. So <clears throat> that was kind of I didn't really think there was much concern about like peaking. It was just, you know, you're gonna just compete. And nowadays parents are like, Oh, I got you know, peak for like states. And I get it, you know, because that's what, you know, college guys and high level, you know, RTC athletes are thinking about when it comes to like Olympic trials and world championships and stuff like that. But when I was a little guy, it was just, you know, what's the next tournament? Right. Where are we going next week? We're going to PA, you know, we go to Oklahoma, just get in the car and, you know, drive or, you know, get on the, get on the plane. Was, Were you guys going pretty much every weekend from November through March? Um. Yeah, we wouldn't like there would maybe be like a week or so in between each month where we take off. Mm -hmm. 
but if there was, you know, a dual tournament or something, we would, you know, we would be there. They and didn't, then, and they back then they didn't have as many duels as they have now. That's the thing, dude. The dual scene oh is my crazy. God. It's insane. Every week there's something. It's like boom, boom. Like at the Spooky Nook, there's a huge place in uh, Lancaster, PA, and they you could throw down like 25, 30 mats easily. Dang. Easily in this on this field, and they had the same thing. Uh, Manalpin, New Jersey, it's called Sportica. That's where they had the little kid states, and they just they just pump out like ten mats easily. Dude, what was the what was the original one? Virginia Beach or Disney Duels? Uh, Virginia Beach, I believe. That was like Memorial was, Day weekend, right? Uh, yes. And then, but Disney was always like, I never went to Disney Duels, but I remember it was always like the week before Fargo or something, and I could never like fathom why people would go there and then go to Fargo. Because I think Disney was folk style. Yeah, that was more like the folk style crowd. Yeah. That, that didn't so. do even Fargo, maybe. Or maybe yeah, some maybe. people did both. That's yeah, pretty maybe crazy. Maybe did both. Yeah, exactly. But the Virginia Beach one was massive. And now it's like, I, it looked like they just had one at David Taylor's club put one on, I think maybe. I, or Yeah, I think I saw that. That's, but man, it's awesome. kids are just going, which is, it's obviously awesome. And yeah, I, I got to say, I never really did the dual team thing. So I missed out on that in middle school because it looks like those kids are having a blast. Oh, I think it's great for the sport. You know, it's giving them another chance to compete every week, you know, go somewhere fun. It seems like they're in great places, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's just all around great, great for the sport. And that's what you want, ultimate. No, no question. Now, coming out of high school, was there any doubt that you were going to Cornell? Yeah, I was really 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 close to committing to oklahoma state really yeah like super super close tell us yeah. about it i just went on the visit and you know who was, was your great. host was it guerrero or john smith <clears throat> my host was like uh, jo but you know guerrero was there smith was there um coleman was on staff it was just a you know great great place i loved um zach espo a lot he was a good dude <clears throat> and i don't know i just came down to like you know mike was at cornell ivy league obviously ivy league education mm-hmm. it was like i feel like oklahoma state could have been you know like a little risk but it could have had a great reward you know <clears throat> but those are the things you think about sometimes you know was there anyone else you were looking at besides those two? Um, I went on a visit to Michigan as well. That was pretty cool. Michigan, it was the first uh, night game. So it was Michigan-Notre Dame football game. That was their facility, you know, was Whoa, beautiful. That's a game. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was crazy. So Notre Dame was up by like two touchdowns in the, third, in the uh, fourth quarter, and Michigan came back and the crowd went insane. It was, it was me, me and my mom were there. She was, like, she was blown away by like the big house and how huge it was and all the people. There was like, you know, 85, 90,000 screaming fans. It was, it was crazy. Cause I forget that the East coast doesn't have a lot of like big football tailgate no. scenes, right? No, no. That's not, not really a thing. Yeah, man. That's <clears throat> it's, like in I, Jersey. All we have is Rutgers. Right. You know? I thought for sure you were going to say Lehigh. Every guy I asked from the East Coast, like, oh, I looked at Lehigh, whether they went there or not. But, like, 
everyone and, freaking uh, looks at Lehigh. Um, so you were, you were focused on big 10, big 12. And then of, of course, Cornell, you ended up going there. And over the past year, I've gotten pretty close with the Cornell team, including your brother. I followed them around at the Olympic trials and it's like, <laughs> man, the Cornell culture is awesome. And I'm sure they had the free bin and everything going when you were there. Like, what were some of your early memories of, of joining that team? Um, so when I joined them, um, you know, we, TC three year was actually a great year. You know, it, it was just a bunch of young guys, me, Rebuto, Gabe, Palacio before, you oh know, they my are, God, that was they your class and Cisneros, Alex Cisneros was in there. Um, wow. We had Eli Beanstock. He was, he was good too. Just a bunch of kids just <laughs> going in every day, being coached by Cam Simons and Frankie Pirelli. So we literally just worked, worked hard got so much better and then you know we came in our freshman year we just went started going gun, guns blazing you know it was me at 33 gabe you know rebuto palacio everyone in there oh my we all just you know we lived in the same house we had the big wrestling house so we had everyone together you know eating dinner together eating breakfast together just being together all the time it was a good atmosphere Great atmosphere, actually. Gabe Dean claims that Cam Simons once tried to choke him out with his own T-shirt around the face. Can you confirm yeah. or deny? Uh, that was true. He's, he did that a lot. Gabe got to wrestle with Cam all the time because it was perfect. You know, it was, And I remember <clears throat> when we went to the Buffalo Open, Gabe, <laughs> Gabe went 0-2, and <laughs> we, he, uh, we went to this wing place afterwards, and <laughs> Cam was like talking about like what wing you're going to get. And he was talking about barbecue because of Owen too. But like little did Gabe know he re- wrestled Kenny Quartz and uh, the, uh, the guy from Edinburgh who literally three years later wrestled in the national semifinals. Wow. So he didn't. Yeah. But like just stories like that, you'll never forget. We were driving to um, the Edinburgh open, like we're packed like five in a car. <clears throat> My car wasn't the great at the time and the trunk just opens up and like i'm going on route 13 up in ithaca and like literally all of our suitcases just fall out from the (laughs) the middle of the road (laughs) we gotta pull over i gotta (laughs) pull over to collect all the things it's just stuff like that you'll never you'll never forget it's it was crazy (laughs) bro i was laughing because you mentioned (laughs) buffalo open Every time I see Gabe, you know, somehow that comes up because the first time he came on this show, he was saying how he went 0 2, how he's just questioning everything. Yes, and, yes. You know, yeah. So, what for folks who don't know, what is that, that, that gap year? I think you call it TC3. But yeah, what is so that? they go to um, Tompkins Cortland Community College, which is like 10 minutes away from Ithaca, and you um, take classes there, and then you could transfer them over into Cornell when you reapply. That's if you don't get in. Mm-hmm. And basically but- you're doing um, practices. They have their own schedule, obviously separate from Cornell. And it's like a pretty much just like a red, red shirt, but it's for the Ivy Leagues, you know. It's got to be so much fun not having to go to sc- I mean, you're going to school, but yeah, it's you're not going the, to Ivy, school, the Ivy it's load, not, though. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But it's still a great community college, you know, they great courses. Yeah. And the fact that you can transfer them into Cornell is huge. Yeah. Was the house out in Varna still during this time? 
Yes, but so I didn't stay in that house. I stayed with Angelo Silvestro, who and represent we were Illinois across, represent. Yes, and we were across the street at uh, like our apartment was above a laundromat. So yeah, we were up there just me and him. But we would always, you know, you can literally run right to the house. It's literally across the street. <clears throat> but yeah, oh. we just we had to go up a little earlier because we had to take a um, statistics class. So we were just like, yeah, it's a, just get an apartment. The first every time I come to Ithaca to do like a, a film project, the first place I go to eat at is in Varna. It's called uh, uh, the, the it's the steakhouse there. Hold on, I'll look at it. It cannot the name's escaping me hold on antlers oh okay yeah yeah antlers yeah. i'm like you can't find like a steakhouse out there <laughs> i'm like i need a steak right now and so i'm like what's varna so the first time we went there my cousin was with me shout out lake the snake and we went in there and we're like what is this place but you go inside it's it's like quaint but it's got good food man yeah absolutely that is actually funny because when RTC three year, we would do a, uh, every year we do a six, like a six mile run Cornell would do to kind of end their preseason. And Cam had a joke with us and he lit, he had us do that one week every day, just bang out six mile <laughs> run. And like, you're thinking, okay, you know, Cornell did it. So, all right, we'll do it once and then we'll be done. And he just goes, okay, I want you to go to the antlers. I want you to touch the sign. And then I want you to come back. And we're just like, wait, we just did that yesterday. And like, yeah, exactly. Go do it again. <laughs> and that's what you just do. You just, all right, guess we're doing it again. Man, I mean, think about all the people in that class. I mean, that first of all, that's just one of the best recruiting classes I've ever heard of, of course, yeah, Gabe, was, Gabe wasn't a blue chipper, but he turned out to be, but Absolutely. man, and then Palacio, I'll never forget the first time I saw him, that interview at the nationals when he made the finals and he's talking about <laughs> self-belief and all this. I'm like, God, uh, yeah. this guy's a maniac and look at him now. I mean, <laughs> he that is, is one epic. of a kind, one of a kind Dylan. Was he like that oh. even back in the day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember our TC three year. I never met him before. And I come into my apartment. He's just laying up on my couch. I'm just like, Angel, who is this guy? <laughs> He's got these glasses on, like obviously a designer. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> he, uh, oh, yeah, that was Dylan. He the is. video of him slamming the guy at a Bitcoin conference about a month oh. ago. Just, I don't know what the guy was thinking, but. Oh, he's trying I mean, to get a Bitcoin. <laughs> dude. And he just punishes this old man i i hope he's okay because it was yeah, it was so nasty i, <laughs> I did not clawed up though yeah i did he really did i did not know you live with um angelo silvestro he yes. was uh i forgot he went to cornell man yep. that's awesome so when you were there they, uh obviously cole was the head coach your brother was a coach who else was on staff uh damian han Oof, respect okay and then uh donnie vincent as well so he was there. He left. He went to NC State, and now he's back. Perfect segue, bro. Your brother's building the staff of the century, yeah. and I'm so excited because I just never would have imagined that the gang would have split up the way it did. First, the deans leave, and then, you know, your brother's getting promoted. Cole's going to Stanford. I'm like, oh, it's good for wrestling, but it's just so exciting. And then I'm like, all right, let's see what kind of staff Coach Gray's going to build. 
bro, the hammers have just been <laughs> coming. Yeah. Every you got the heavyweight coach, you got Quiz, you got Kellen Russell somewhere in the middle. I mean, just to see him and Yanni work out would be awesome. And then wow. uh, I, I didn't know a lot about Donnie Vincent until I looked him up. What's give me a little bit of background on him? Um, so he was a he took third at 149 for Binghamton. His top game is unreal. Mm. So he he's got all the great you know techniques on top that you know will be great for the guys. And he's strong as an ox. He is very <laughs> very very strong. And he's just you know a good coach. He kind of pushes a different way. You know he's more relaxed, but and he's you know just different way to connect with the athletes. I think it'll be really good. Kellen Kellen's obviously awesome Blair guy. Yeah. You know, him and Mike used to wrestle when Blair, when Mike would go up in the Blair room. It's kind of crazy. Him, it'd be like him, Mike, and Frankie Pirelli, and now mm-hmm. they're all back together up in Ithaca. You can't beat that. So is Pirelli coaching there too? <laughs> yeah, he's the RTC head coach. All right, so who – all right, so Donnie Vincent's the associate head coach. Dake's probably a volunteer coach. Is Kellen a Cornell coach or an RTC coach? I believe Kellen's a Cornell coach as well. Okay. And, and so then, go, go ahead. I think Gwiz is an RTC like athlete or something. Got it. And okay. Frankie's the RTC coach. So Gwiz is still going to be on like the roster as a wrestler. That makes sense. Yes, okay. I believe so. Still man, but training. think about him rolling with the big guys, helping those oh, guys yeah. out. Jeez, that's man. Huge, right? That's, that's, <laughs> if you're someone thinking about Cornell, they got every hole covered for you. You know, it's, if you're a big guy, you get to go with a guy who took bronze in the, in the world championships twice, you know, multiple time national champ. And then you got Kellen two time national champ, you know, been on this um, senior circuit for forever. You got Frankie's got wealth of knowledge, you know, us open finalists. It's just all, every hole is covered. Yeah. Mike's been a fantastic job. <laughs> and Mike's like the ultimate planner. I didn't know I didn't know this about oh, him. But yeah. He's just so every little thing is covered. Yeah. He's got the, everything down. So seeing him quarterback this whole thing, it's oh, just it's... like I just get excited talking about it. As you can tell we both do. I mean, we're Absolutely. You it's know, just it's awesome. knowing Mike and like obviously I known he was like that, but now everyone else is seeing everything is, you know, to the T. And that's yeah. what he expects and if everyone just buys into it, it's going to turn out great. Just you know, trusting him and he, he's, you know, obviously working every day, working hard. You know, all these guys are, <clears throat> everything is planned perfectly. You know, it's going to be a great year for Cornell. No doubt, man. Honestly, I can't wait. I'm excited. Get oh, up there. I can't wait. Duels. The first duel is going to be Stanford. The fact that they yeah, pulled that off. So <laughs> legendary. Yeah, it's great. What did you think? And, and you may have already known it was coming. So if you did, that's fair. But whenever you heard the first time you hold Cole, the first time you heard Cole was going to Stanford, what do you think? I said, I thought, <clears throat> hopefully Mike can become the coach. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Once you honest. got past that, though, like, what did you think about him going there? Were you just totally surprised by it? I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, I really was. I didn't know. I thought he would retire, you know, I, as a Cornell coach, whether that be in a couple of years or not. Yeah. You know, but you know, California is beautiful. You know, very inviting. I knew someone obviously had to take the job because it was open. And I figured like if he went for it, 
you know, you can't turn down a guy like Rob Cole, you know, he's been doing this for so many years. Yeah. You know, he knows so many people. So once I heard that, I was like, wow, things are happening. <laughs> Pretty surprising. I mean, you don't, it's just, it'd be like John Smith going to coaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like yeah. unheard of. It. No, you never, you definitely don't see it. <laughs> But uh, obviously, I think it's good for wrestling. Definitely good for the West Coast. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, I was gonna say just to see what he does with you know he's big in the RTC world. Um, just all of it's so exciting for wrestling. And the kind of going back to your brother and his hires. You know, a lot of times wrestling is like the only sport where you're judged on your assistant hires by like what they did as athletes. Whereas in college football you don't look at like the offensive coordinator yeah. Ohio state and be like, Oh, he was a great player. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think wrestling is a little backwards like that. And uh, so I agree not, with that. Isn't that weird? That. Like, yeah. what is that? Um, I don't know. I just feel like maybe they, you know, associate if a guy was, you know, a two time, three time national champion, he's going to be, you know, a great coach. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, you know, so you may have great coaches that, you know, maybe only all American once or didn't even all American, but they just have a way to connect with athletes in a, in a certain way, other than, you know, someone who was a multiple time national champ. Right. You know, some can some um, instances, maybe, maybe not. Well, not to say that, you know, Donnie Vincent didn't have a great career, but he wasn't oh, like yeah. no, he a Kellen was. Russell. But I mean, so I, I love that he also brought in someone like him where he's been with Pat Pop for God knows how many years exactly. he was at Binghamton. They, they're building a program. And yeah. so he's like a legit, legit experienced coach. Um, Absolutely. Everyone's been doing it for like <clears throat> all Mike's guys, Mike included for at least 11 years, you know? Yeah. Pretty amazing. Well, obviously we're excited about that. There's a lot going on um, with Spartan combat sponsoring them. And, you know, Joe DeSena has done a lot of awesome mm -hmm. stuff. So just exciting with wrestling right now. Let me, let me wind down with this, man. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about, youth coaching because you again I, I i think we'd be hard pressed to find someone who had as much experience in the high school and youth levels as you did not even to mention your incredible cornell career but you know if you were like a youth coach what do you what are some things you're seeing that you like and you don't like about where wrestling's headed right now um so i mean some of the things i do like obviously is you know kids are able to compete each week like we talked about each weekend you know that's great um, I think sometimes in clubs, um, fun, you know, isn't pushed as much, you know, people are thinking about, you know, going live all the time and not working, not building on techniques, just having days where you focus on, you know, breaking down a single leg or breaking down a high crotch, you know, maybe getting to an angle. Everything is just like live, live hard hard which i get you know you want to try to build a work athlete a work ethic for your for these young kids but you also you know you got to build you know technique allow your allow them to have fun they have a you know if you think about it if they're eight years old you know they have a whole another 15 years that they got to <laughs> do this stuff you know if they want to be you know successful at wrestling college or you know being rtc athlete so <clears throat> taking it you know not easy but just thinking about pushing technique, you know, just having them focus on getting better, improving skills, improving skills is a big thing. You know, I, I'm not saying that clubs don't push that, but you know, 
I think maybe some parents want to see their kids go hard, you know, and yeah, they want results now. Unfortunately, everyone wants results now. I want my kid to be the best now rather than I want my kid to be the best, you know, win a national title in college. <laughs> I mean, right. like, you know, similar to like Gabe's story, you know, he always talks about how, you know, he lost that girl when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Look at him. He's three time national finalist, you know, four time NCAA All American, just stuff like that. People don't think, you know, parents, you know, don't see that as much. They want everything, you know, to happen for their kids. You know, which I, is understandable. You want your kid to be the best, you know. But yeah. <clears throat> you know, so what was what was Gabe Dean like when he's like when he was like a straight killer, junior, senior, like his practice pace and his like just activities as a role model must have been set another level. Yeah, yeah, no, he he always you know brought it. We we lived together for two years. You know, we I got to see him every day and just you know the way he did things right. You know on and off the mat, eating right, you know, living right. <clears throat> Those were, you know, the best things, you know, he was doing everything right and just, you know, motivating people. Yeah. You know, motivating young kids, you know, just hit by his story. I think his story was great for everyone in wrestling, you know, pretty much just seeing that, hey, you don't have to be great when you're, you know, 9, 10, 11, you know. Even a redshirt you know. freshman at the Buffalo Open, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at what you can do and how you can develop your skills. He went from 0-2 at the Buffalo Open, and then a year later took third in the national tournament, beating Ed Ruth at Scuffle. Right. So, Amazing. And now if that, you need One a... year, that's yeah. why skills are so important. You know, push skills. Push the skills as, as much as you can. Yeah, and it seems like it's like the biggest cliche in wrestling to say Penn state and then say fun right after it. So I'm going to violate it, but it's, you know, yeah. everyone sees those guys winning and it, it just seems like a different mindset or mentality coming out of the room. Were they getting That's, on their yeah. run at when you were in it or was it right after you were done? No, they, they were, were, they were, they were on their run. <laughs> they were just rolling. Oh, huh? yeah, yeah. They were rolling through. <laughs> you think there's any truth to that, that those, cause like when I go to see Yanni and Vito now, they seem like they're, super late even dake like they're they have such a fun approach in the room even like the days leading up to the olympic trials so was it like that when you were at cornell um or has it gotten less i'm not gonna say it wasn't like not fun but you know you had days or obviously you know the schedule the Mm -hmm. schedule kind of stayed the same so but you also got to have ways where you create fun for yourself you know as a college athlete Mm -hmm. you know you know, maybe drilling a different way, you know, breaking up your drills. You know, that was something Buxton did really good in high school for us is even his RTC athletes, you know, he just making it, keeping it fun, keeping it fresh. That's kind of, yeah. I think, will be great for, you know, any whether it's young athletes or high school or college. If they're having fun, you know, they're relaxed, they're going to be open to new new techniques and just flowing and you know, wrestling their best, I think personally. For sure. And man, it's just been great to catch up with you. We appreciate you coming on the show. When's your, you have your next fight planned? I know you just fought like three days ago. Um, I'm thinking probably October they do. Uh, I'm probably going to do like, it's called a pro am where you can do, uh, it's no, no shin guards, like all pro rules. I just can't elbow to the face. So 
But Beautiful. after that one, then it'll be, you know, full go. That's the plan. Bro, let me get a spot on the shorts. I will put a wrestling change my life logo on there. We'll yeah, bring you on as a for sure as a sponsored athlete. No we question. We can make this happen. Hundred <laughs> percent. Done. It's done. Mark Gray, you are the man, sir. Last question. We always ask everyone. The name of this show is Wrestling Changed My Life Podcast. So, what's been the biggest thing you've taken away from the sport with you in those three years when you were away and out in the real world? Oh, uh, just the the ability to just work. You know, work and just keep. <laughs> keep going. You know, there's, you know, you've been in certain scenarios where you're able to push your body through crazy things in your mind and, you know, being out in the work atmosphere, <clears throat> there's nothing really that could really break you down. You just, I feel like you're just able to just keep, keep going, you know, and you're, and you're looking to challenge yourself. You know, I went into a career in construction. I didn't know anything about it. I just, you know, I got <laughs> touch with uh mr mckenna he got me a job as an assistant estimator <clears throat> and I, you know, I just went f- full force right into it you know just challenging myself and you know it was going to be hard you know it's going to be hard but you you don't that doesn't push you away from it you know if anything you go forward it excites yeah, you right it excites you exactly you know a new new challenge a new way to get better that's just kind of engraved in us as wrestlers i guess you know for sure, to not, man. To not shy away. Well, the MMA circuit of the East Coast is about to find out. So thanks for sharing Absolutely. that, man. And we'll be following your career. And always welcome back on, man. I appreciate you Thank coming you on. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me on. Take care, brother. I'll see you. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off on your next purchase with the promo code WCML at manscaped.com.